When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Malika Mfalme is a singer, songwriter, guitarist and event producer creating on Gadigal land. Malika is here to create a safe space focused on healing with a powerful message of kindness, acceptance and reflection vibrating through every one of their sonic outputs. They're a producer for community event Queers of Joy and they also produce the podcast Womb for Improvement with their twin sister. They performed this story at the State Library of New South Wales. Over the weekend, I had sex with a cis man. This may not seem so shocking, but it was for me. I've been a firm lesbian for the last six years, and the last cis peen I saw was about five years ago when I was 23. It did not go well. I literally shut my eyes, pretended I was being fucked by a woman with a strap on, and waited until he was finished. (laughs) And I vowed. Never again will I put myself into this situation. And I didn't, not until last weekend. A lot has happened the last five years. Back then, I was deeply in love with my partner, Yasmin, whose home I went to right after the ordeal. She asked me, why on earth did you sleep with him? And I kind of shrugged and said, I don't know, I guess. I just wanted to see if I still could. I was working as a bartender while balancing my music career, and it wasn't going so hot. Most days, I was too tired from bar work to focus on the career I actually loved. I was writing music, performing it, deeply underconfident and madly in love with Yasmin. A year or two later, Yasmin moved into our share house. My twin sister and I had been running a queer house in Glebe for a few years. When one of the queers moved out, my darling moved in, and we started setting up our life together. U-hauling after a couple of years of dating, we shared an office with all of our music gear, her classical sheet music on the left, my folk soul music equipment on the right. We integrated our closet of her dresses and my collared shirts, socks paired with love and boxes strewn across our bedroom. This was the start of our life together. It really was too good to be true. I treasured the moments of living with my love as she died in my arms two weeks later. Funeral, grief, endless crying, and community, that's what I remember of the time. A revolving door of queers and loved ones came to commiserate. If it wasn't so sad, it may have just been the time of our lives. We piled mattresses on the floor and watched Shrek and Pitch Perfect. We drank a steady amount of booze by my dad, who lovingly didn't know what else to do with his distraught daughter. I didn't bother correcting that I'm his son. I wouldn't be here much longer for it to matter. The revolving door of care slowly subsided as our loved ones eased back into work after their week or two of allocated grieving time if they were lucky. I couldn't leave the house. I was so angry at the people outside. The world can't turn without her, but it did. And it does. Then we shut our doors for good. COVID, no one in or out. I'm grateful for the government-sanctioned grieving time. I was just about to run out of savings, had quit my bartending job out of grief. I didn't know how I'd pay the rent, but then I got paid to stay home and stay alive. 
and I tried my best. My psychologist sister had just graduated and started her career as a black queer therapist in the middle of a pandemic. What a fucking nightmare. I thought I'd convince myself that I could do it, get up, garden, wade through the day, rinse, repeat, until the day I found myself in the emergency room again, I knew I'd seriously messed up this time. I had to get better, and so I did. I won't bore you with the details of hospital, though I will say gender-affirming care in institutions is a fucking disgrace. I practice guitar every day and get better and better. I write songs about grief. I move through the pain literally one second at a time until one day. I wake up and I've made something of my life. These songs I wrote are actually an album and I name it Yasmin. This healing I did gave me a different kind of freedom without depression as a way out but a way through. I played 15 World Pride gigs, I'm about to release my album, I'm in love with my girlfriend, I live with my twin sister Surya in a beautiful two-bedroom in Leichhardt, I had top surgery, I start to be in my body for the first time in my life. When I was 18, I had a boyfriend, Jeremiah. He was rude, brash, unkind, difficult, mean-spirited, sometimes kind and goofy, but mostly he treated me like the dirt he'd scrub off his boots, a habit he picked up from the army. I can't say I was a much better partner either. I was frustrated with his lack of empathy and often told him he reminded me of my father. <laughs> Four years into our relationship, I moved to Sydney and came out a swift eight months later at 22. A few months later, I'd completely forgotten about that life with Jeremiah. Why? Because I love women. Oh my God, I love women. I love women so much. <laughs> Sing it, people. <laughs> So soft, so gentle, so caring. Who knew? Well, I'm sure plenty of you did, but I didn't. Not until then. So last weekend, I took the train from Sydney to Newcastle and met up with Eddie, one of the core housemates from the Queer Glebe house where I lived with my sister and Yasmin. We grab beers, catch up, two little bays, running around the streets of Newcastle. I play a gig for So Far Sounds Newcastle. I meet this queer woman in a straight relationship. I say so much of my past self in her, frustrated with the man she's with and desiring him to be better through passive aggression and interrupted sentences. <laughs> we end up going back to her house and get a little silly with strangers, and that's when I see him properly. He doesn't pipe up too much, but we make eye contact every time this couple says or does something turbo. I giggle into my wine glass, and I find him later in a corner as Eddie and I are discussing the importance of strap-ons. His ears perk up, and he jokes, you can peg me anytime. I blush. I've never pegged a man. Heck, I've never even kissed a man who sees me as a man. Later, when we do kiss, his mustache tickles my upper lip. I pull away, reminded of all the times with all those men that made me feel like trash. I tell him I'm feeling uncomfortable and why, and he takes my hand and places it on my chest. We breathe together, and he simply says, I'm not them. I kiss him even harder this time, aghast by his genuine desire to make me feel comfortable and I agree to go on a date with him. The next night, I'm deeply hungover and socially tapped from a long day of friend hopping, but mostly I am nervous. I can't remember being this nervous for a date, but I go to his house anyway. We text about ordering vegan pizza, and he, we agree on the very formal dress code of sweatpants. I bring the wine, he brings the pizza. We talk about 
our lost loves, relationships, our queerness, his kids, my twin, our kin. He kisses me and calls me handsome. By the time he asks me to go to his room, I'm so full of his care it shocks me. He sees me. And maybe I shouldn't be so surprised. Maybe I should expect more people to see me, but a lot of them don't. Maybe I shouldn't be so surprised he held my hand while we chatted consent, but I was. And maybe I shouldn't be so grateful to a man for doing more than just the bare minimum, but I'm genuinely stunned. We wrap ourselves around each other, feel our flat chests pressing against one another. I thought I was lesbian gay, not gay gay, but this interaction is so deeply homosexual, I'm literally at a loss for words. After, we cuddle. I'm cradled in his big arms, safely enclosed in this gentle giant. That was amazing, he whispers. And I grin, agreeing. It really was. On my way home, I chuckled to myself, wondering if that actually happened or if it was some kind of beautiful, sexy, gay fever dream. I wake up the next morning, board the train back to Sydney, and type this story about a man who decided to see me. My mom often asks me, curiously, if I'll ever go back to men. I'm not sure this is what she had in mind. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, share your favourite tales on the socials, and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. You can also follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter and Instagram. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.